Welcome to the fifth anniversary season of the Tyrrell Port Podcast, celebrating five years of providing an honest fan's opinion on all things going on with the San Jose Sharks and San Jose Barracuda. As always, everything you hear on the show is completely 100% my opinion and not affiliated with either team. And all let's say is a happy anniversary to us and on with the show. Everyone, welcome one all to episode three of the fifth anniversary season of Tyrrell. Where, of course, we're going to be looking back on the month of November. Oh my God, a month full of agony in bonus hockey. Oh my God, those shootouts. I am not looking forward to having to relive those, and I can tell you. Oh yeah. Interestingly, though, um, another month where for a lot of the Sharks' losses. Still, actually, were in the game for quite a lot of them. It could have been, or well, two things gone differently, could have got the win again. So they are being competitive, the Sharks. It's just, you know, this record, it's really not showing the Sharks' true colours uh, for this season. It's really not. Um, so, yeah, so we're looking at how that, how that went out for the Sharks. Another stand month for the Barracuda. Um, a very hefty month. Uh, Month slated of back to backs, which was what we'll call that. We could have called that. Um, in the West Watch, um, it's gonna be very interesting. We've got some interesting things there. We've got the Mighty Ducks tribute that, that Adidas um, have made. Uh, we'll see how Colorado got on in Finland against, against Columbus New Jackets. And then the King's mascot, our dear old pal Bailey. Mm, he also went through some aches and pains of a different kind. Oh. I forgot to mention it, in I forgot to say this in the, in the segment, so I'll, um, so I'll do it now. But Bailey, I've got one piece of advice for you, love. Act your age. Yeah, you'll see why later later on in the show. You will you will hear why uh, Bailey needs to act his age. <laughs> well, they all do really, but Bailey in particular uh, later on. And of course, we'll be rounding up the episode with another. Uh, look back on memory lays, part of our fifth anniversary. Uh, this time we're going to re- reminisce on our first ever special episode uh, that we've done, um, when of course we did host the 2019 All Star Weekend. So a lot to pack in. So let's get started with your first half of the lookbacks. Welcome one all to this month's edition of the West Watch. Of course, this is the moment of the show where we get to have a look across the Western Conference to see if our little rivals have got anything newsworthy for us. And this time we've got the Anaheim Ducks, Colorado Avalanche and LA Kings in discussion. So, well, the first one really is not really an Anaheim Ducks thing, but it kind of relates to the Ducks' origins from the Mighty Ducks franchise, so I thought I'd bring it up. So, yeah, so the first thing we've got... We've got for you guys is that Adidas um, re- um, re- revealed um, Cobbity this year is the 30th anniversary of the Mighty Ducks film, and so Adidas had decided to celebrate that 
by releasing some very special jerseys. Um, I'm just bringing on my screen to look at them. I, and I think if I was a duck, if I was an I had ducks brand, then these two jerseys would so be in my closet. But I'm not, so I just order them from afar. <laughs> they really are really, really good. So, yeah, so they're based on the jerseys from uh, the film. So yeah, so I got my ducks jersey and the hawks um, jersey. I would really, 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 really love. I don't think it's gonna happen, but I would love it if the the Alhine Ducks and the Chicago Blackhawks actually played one of their games this season in those jerseys. I think it would be absolutely great. Don't think that's gonna happen. Um, but it was so great they actually did. But yeah, but I feel like they, they literally look. I'm, I I am gonna do a tear report bit about this. Um, but I wanted to bring. But before it could be a nice thing for us to watch. So I will be going in more depth about it. But um, I feel it just look absolutely really, really, really stunning. They look so gorgeous. They really do capture the likeness, you know, from the films, you know, 30 years ago. <laughs> just absolutely, just, it's just so, they're just, so, just so nostalgic. Just brings about lovely. Um, just brings out a lot. The Sony memories, and they just managed to catch the lights on them very, very well. It just absolutely, just absolutely looks stu um, stunning. So, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so there's two um, jerseys. We've got the My Ducks uh, jer jersey, which calls which the creatures obviously the green and yellow, and you've got the Hawks uh, jersey, which represents, of course, the black and blue. Um, and you also can play uh, um, in you know you, 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 you've got AHL 23 um, EA Sports has also announced that you can actually play um, in these as well but I'm not too sure about that because I don't really because I don't do video games so yeah so, so, yeah, so, it was, so it's part of you know, the um, celebrating the third anniversary of the um, of the Mighty Ducks the first Mighty Ducks was called in 1982 and um, so a nice thing to do although given how the film came out in October of 1982, and this was announced in November. Right, well, I'd actually kind of missed the anniversary. I mean, it was the fall of the touts, but you have kind of technically missed it. But, um, but hey, now it's the fall, as they say, it's the fall of the touts, and you have done a really, really, really stunning job. They do look really gorgeous, um, and they catch the lightest of those TTs perfectly. And as I did say, as I have said, if if I was a duck, if I was an Anaheim duck supporter, I would so would have those in my closet. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's not. I mean, not, I mean yeah, there was obviously it's, it's the, the film inspired the ducks, but it's just, no, I can't, I can't. It's tempting, but no, I can't. But hey, <laughs> but, uh, actually, let me just look up when do the ducks and the Blackhawks play each other? Because I just look that. I'm just gonna look that up real, real quick. So you better be two seconds. Just look that up real, really, really, really quick. Uh, just to see. Uh, oh, oh, right. Okay. So they, sorry. Oh, right. So the first matchup between these two sides happened on November the 13th um, with the score Ducks 2, Blackhawks 3 and then they next see each other 
on the 8th of February. Um, and then again on the 28th of February. Oh, so I'm still in Um, So they could still, you know, they could, they could still, you know, they, you, you could, you could get them still wearing Nedja. Wearing those jerseys. I think it would be great if you had for one of those two main games in February. If you have the Ducks wear, so you have Arheim wear the My Ducks jersey, you have, and you have Chicago wear the Hawks jersey. And there's nothing that the Hawks need to do with Chicago, but I think it would be really good, wouldn't it? It would be really fun, wouldn't it? It would just be fun, wouldn't it? You know, but uh, lovely thought. Um, they are so gorgeous. And keep an eye on my YouTube channel because I will be doing a tier report bit on them and going more detail about them. I'm getting wild being on with this. Right, moving on. To the Colorado Avalanche, who of course, like us, also got to have a trip, trip abroad this season. Um, yeah, remember there were two global series planned for this season. We were the first one. The second one was of course in Finland with the bizarre matchup of the Colorado, uh, the, the defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche going up ahead against the less fortunate Columbus Blue Jackets. I remember the time, Biggie, that is an absolutely bizarre match. Okay, Colorado, yeah, yeah, I can yeah, I can see why you picked them, but Columbus? Really? These two sides don't really only see each other once a year in each other's barns. Really? Okay, fair dues, fair dues. Anyway. Um Yeah, so that was November the fourth and November the fifth. Oh, so they got to have the bonfire celebrations after in Finland. Lovely. Um, not surprising that, like, with our global series against Nashville, it was a very one-sided series. Um, the first game in which Colorado was designated the home team, um, they won 6-3. That was number four. And the next day, when Columbus was designated the home team, the Avalanche won 5-1. So, two very dominating forces from, from Colorado, um, which is um, which is not surprising. I think I think they are now starting to sort of find their groove here. I mean, they had a bit of a, they had a bit of a slow start uh, to uh, to this season. Um, and right, their record for this for October was actually four for one. They had a bit of, they had a bit of ups and up and down. Uh, month in uh, in october in october um but i suppose cup fatigue maybe is that setting in mm, i don't know they're in the i don't know they're in the mid they're, they're currently at that they're in a better position than tampa so but yeah but yeah so a really dominant play from coral for both and um, from, on both nights there. Uh, not surprising given how Columbus isn't really a sort of isn't really a competitive team. They just aren't. No disrespect Columbus fans, but you just not. Um But yeah, so I'm, I'm not it was a it's a it was a bizarre match in the first place, you know, Colorado, Columbus, like I say, these two teams only see each other twice a year, once in each other's part, not even the, not even the same conference. A really, really bizarre matchup. But when you take teams out out across the globe, you know you're gonna get get the crowds. You know, we got you got large attendance when we had our global series at the start of the year in Prague with Nashville, and you got high numbers from 
from this global series in Finland. So, even though we can look at that and think it's a bizarre, it's a bizarre match of these two teams, they don't really see each other that often. At the end of the day, it kind of made sense in terms of getting of of fat of get of getting as, uh, as many fans to get opportunity to see these two teams as possible. No, 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 that's what it's about. Yeah, so lovely both for them. And then finally, the LA Kings. And for once, it's not an alternate jersey. No, 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 no. We've actually got something else newsworthy to talk about. And that is a certain mascot has um My oh my. Right. Let's go into it. Now, I heard about this sto- this story on Twitter. I know. Right. One of the really, really main things I hate about Twitter is on your timelines, you don't just see who tweets from people you follow. You also see tweets from suggestions that Twitter have made based on the people and things that you follow. So because I follow SJ Sharky, that means every now and then I will see someone see tweets from some of mascots feeds and just well, just roll it. I really, really hate it. Just, if I could change one thing about Twitter, it would have to be you only see on your timeline tweets from people you follow and nothing else. But yeah, so Twitter is how I found out about this. Um, so, Bailey, Bailey, Bailey. Bailey, I think it's got too much time in his hands because, oh my God, what have you got done to your face? He's had, I, he's had, I know this is going to offend Los Angeles Kings fans, but hey, more for it. He's only got that plastic surgery. Oh my word. I'm looking at him thinking, oh my god, Benny, what have you done to yourself? Like, are you bored? Are you going through a midlife crisis? What, what the hell's going on with Bailey? Oh dear, dear, oh dear, oh dear. And um. It just looked quite gruesome. It just—he looks now like really scary. Oh, but Bailey now. I mean, oh my word. So this was out on their game against the Florida when they were hosting the Florida Panthers. Um. So yeah, two kitty cats. Price of one. Um. So yeah. So. And um, they made a real big deal about this. They actually had him wrapped in ban, wrapped in bandages. They even they even got. Um, Dr. Paul Nassif and Dr. Terry Stub- Dubro from the, I don't know, not, not heard this, from the hit E-series Botched. Not heard about it, don't worry about it, because I'm guessing it's going to be something medical, not my cup of tea. And uh Oh my god, was Fuego there as well? Oh my word. Sorry, I'm looking... I've got the um, the article now on the AA Kings website, and so you can see some of the photos. Look, ghostly, and I think in the background I can spot spot the cutter by by a bird's mascot. Bowie goes there. Oh, nasty. Um. Yeah. So they literally wrapped Bailey's head in bandages while he did his regular pre-game and for the whole first period, and then. During the first intermission, they took them off and um, they revealed the hot, um, the look. Um, and then um, 
There were quite some other furry friends there as well, with uh, with Bailey. I'm guessing her chair must have had a, had a, had a match against Ontario, which might explain why Fuego was there. Not sure it was. It looked like him. Um, yeah, but uh, there were a couple of other furry. Hang on. Oh yeah, I can see Ontario. Right, yeah, right, right. One of my guys is Ontario. Ontario's mascot. Ah, uh, fact. Shall we quickly re look it up? So if I go on Coachella's website, because I've been because uh, yeah, if you go on the on on LA, if you look at the article on the LA Kings website, you 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 see a couple of other furry friends. Wada looks mistakenly like Fuego, who of course is the mascot of the Coachella Valley Firebirds, and the other one is Ontario's mascot, who is I'll give you his name. I kind of need to know that because Ontario can tell who I'll be seeing. I go to see the Barracuda. Uh, so, he's called, so Ontario's is called Kingston. He's a snow leopard. So on Kingston for death, Ontario. So uh, let me right, I need to look at what what, what date the, the Pampas Kingston was to help me out. So two six two six. Bear me one sec. Okay. Uh. You've had to do a lot of bear with on this on this little West Watch, but I do appreciate your patience. Right, okay. Uh, right, okay. Bonfire night. That's when they had played the Panthers and won against the Panthers. Five four. Right. So were Coachella playing Ontario that night? Let's look it up. So on Coachella's site. Well, that's interesting. No, no. On that night, um, the Firebirds were at Abbotsford to play the Canucks, which they won the game. Um, uh, it's the second night of a back-to-back, -back and they won that game far up three-one. So no. So, hmm, so what on earth was Fuego, was Fuego doing at, at the LA Kings game to see Bailey go through plastic surgery? It looks like him! He's, I, um, I really can't make up because other people are just sort of in his, in his way, so it's kind of, kind of hard to make up. But it does look mistakenly like Fuego was there with Bailey. Um... Yeah, but obviously they had they, there were quite a few other furry friends there with bait for that for that night. Obviously Kingston being one of them, who of course is the, the mascot of the Kings HIV Ontario Reign. There were a couple of other furry friends there as well, but Oh my god, Bailey, what have you gone and done to yourself? He looks really ugly. It looks like one of those weird Halloween pet masks where where you're in a, or, or one of those weird paintings where you're in a haunted house where literally got where the paint's like got one eye looking at Looking at you, yeah, one eye looking, looking at um, around you. <laughs> That's gonna give kids the nightmares. Oh, it's like but this, where I saw that, I was like, oh my god, Benny, what have you got done to yourself? Has he learned nothing from Pete Burns? Plastic surgery does not end well. Benny, can you not just grow up gracefully? Hang on, who am I kidding? I'm gonna. Because as soon as I can start seeing greys, I'm going to try and get all the moisturiser creams. So, uh, I can talk. <laughs>
I'll be fine with the actual growing, grow, grow, actually feeling old. It's just I don't want to look old. That's my only problem. But seriously, oh my god, Bailey. You need to go and get yourself a hobby, mate. Or you need to do what Sharky does and give back to your community. So you're not, just so you're not got all this free time in your hand and go and do something silly like mock your face up. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. I really... I really would love to know what the what the uh, King's Bars make of this. So, is there any uh, uh, King's Bars that you are getting in touch with us? Please do. Um, I'd love to know what you make of it because LNA is your because obviously LNA is your mascot. I'm a, I can only speak as your long time rival. But oh my God, Bailey, what have you done to yourself, mate? Honestly, he was fine before. He's how Bailey before was ferocious, but at the same time. Bit, bit, bit cuddly. So he wasn't. So he was. He was scary, but he wasn't too scary. Now he's had a facelift. <sighs> he just looks really, really ferocious. But um, but yeah, but yeah, but uh, fancy for Rago being there as all. And it wasn't an Ontario rain because her buddy Firebird's night. That's a bit suspicious. Oh, Coachella. You need to watch what your mascot's up to, because clearly he's doing his own damn thing. Or is he trying to play friend? Or is he? Is he trying to get allies? Ah, I see what that f that fire, what that's what that scary thing's doing. He's trying to get allies. You know, he's new to the league. It's his first year. He's still got a couple of weeks left before he can get to his home. Home. I see what he's doing. He's trying to be nicey nicey. Play nicely, kiss up to all the other, to the other divisions, ma uh, um, mascots. I'll be nicely nice to give me some friends. Well, you think that's going to work with, with shark, my sharky and frenzy, Fuego? You've got another thing coming. But yeah, because Kingston's there, who of course is the mascot of the Ontario Ray, who are the King's affiliates. But what is Fuego doing there? If he wants to have a little holiday, feel free, but shouldn't you be in Abbotsford then? Hmm... Where he goes, a kiss, a butt, a butt kisser. Who would have thought it? Oh, God. Well, no. Honestly, Bailey, what were you thinking, mate? Why did you get great plastic surgery done? Why have you had a massive facelift? You look terrible, mate. You were fine to before. Seriously. Bailey needs help. Bailey, you need to, you need to go and see a, a, a counsellor because you, you've clearly got some issues and you've also got too much time in your hand. I'd recommend you get a hobby. No, Bailey, I recommend you go and do what Sharky does. Give back to your community. Go do some charity work. So oh, you don't got that much free time on your hands. Ugh. Literally, that's going to give me nightmares now. It really will. Oh, my God. Be interested, it'll be very interesting to see how much reception Bailey gets at the All-Star Weekend in Florida. Uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. Lock up your sons and daughters now, because here comes Bailey! <laughs> oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Oh, I think Seattle are thinking, oh, it's a good job we made Bowie look kid friendly now. Hey, wait, hey, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, Bailey, go and get some professional help, love, you need it. Oh dear. Oh my, oh my, oh my. And that does it for what's been a very, very boring and exciting edition of the Westwatch.
then it's time for another exciting edition of Cooler Corner. November has been a month littered with back to back after back to back after back to backs, and they were really mixed um, back to backs. I should 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 say we only really, really was got maximum points out of one of those back to backs, and interestingly, it was the back to back where. We were seeing two different themes. <laughs> in the, <coughs> honestly, in the ones where we had the same opponent, it was like we would win one of them but lose the other. But yeah, so I think it has been another decent month. It really has. I mean, look, D says all you need to do is just not be bottom two, and you'll be fine. You'll be in the color cup. You'll be in the Polonies, and I think at this early stage, that is still achievable. Well, um. We'll have to see that if we can keep up this pace. Alright, so we begin the month with a little bit of history. The Barracuda's first ever trip to Scotiabank. Um, the Scotiabank Salada, which of course is the home of the Calgary Flames. And of course now uh, the new Calgary Wranglers. What sort of name is that? I mean, we, do, we have done a show report but been on this with Harvey the Hound. Um, I'm like, really? What kind of name is that? It's so aggressive. Um, and I have watched um, uh, some of their highlight videos for their um, early games where they played Coachella. That bar is not going to work as an NHL facility. It, it really is not. I just, like I, I said this already before, I just don't think that Calgary really thought it through when they decided they were going to relocate Stockton to to Calgary. I really don't think they thought it through. You get, I mean, you could probably do what we do, which is, we did, which was have your, both teams in the same month for a few years while you work to find a new place, but if if, 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 if Calgary's HL future is definitely in Calgary, you're going to need to invest in it and do what we've done, get your team at home. But for now, the Wranglers share the Stardome and oh my god, did the Barracuda get ripped apart by, by them, they dropped their fourth consecutive game um, at the Scotiabank Stadium in Calgary, giving up four goals in the first in an eventual eight-two loss in the first ever matchup with the Calgary Wranglers. I think we're only seeing the Cat Wranglers four times this season: twice in their barn, twice in, at TechCU. So we've had, so we've got the trip to Calgary out of the way. They just got theirs um, to us coming up um, later in the season. So, at the tenth, so make the most of the Wranglers while you can. <laughs> at ten forty-nine, the first Tristan Robbins would actually snap a shot under the catching mitt of Dustin Wolf to get things started. So it wasn't all Wranglers' way, but less than two minutes later, so at twelve fourteen, Matt Phillips, the Calgary native, um, would extend his point streak to seven games, tying the score at one-one. Phillips would then give the Wranglers the lead. Their first lead of the game at 15.53 before Connor Zari would make it 3-1 at 16.29. Mitch McLean would complete the four-goal first period with eight seconds left in the period. Um, Zari would then end Arundel's night at 11.02 the second period as he would make it 5-1 on his team's 22 shots. Uh, Fierce would complete the hat-trick on the power play at 12.39, the first shot that Ito McInerney faced in the game. Barracuda would finally stop the bleeding um, in the third when Daniel uh, Gushnim wired a snapper of his glove of wolf at 
Bergman of the Bergman Bar period, the game would hit a boiling point in the third as Bergman finished with 42 penalty minutes, but the Rangers weren't done offensively. Jacob Pierce would make it 7-2 at 8.28, and then McLean on the power play made it 8-2 at 19.53, just with 7 seconds remaining. Dale suffered the loss, his second consecutive defeat. Wolf would pick up the win by making 31 saves, his second straight win and fourth over his last five games. Uh, the Gilroy Lanyard is now 9-0 against the Barracuda in his career. Uh, and of course, the Barracuda and Rangers would run it back on Tuesday night in Calgary. Uh, so, yeah, so, uh, so, yeah, so the second, so, so, uh, so that first matchup the, against between, between those two sides was November the 6th. Then on November the 8th, they would meet again. So, happy birthday to me. And it was not a happy birthday at all. I should just, just point out, because we ended up losing again. <laughs> I don't spy, I don't celebrate those things anyway, so it's fine. But, uh, <laughs> but no, it would have been nice. Start, start off um, being 26 with a nice Barracuda win. First one against Calgary Wranglers would have been nice, but uh, no, it's fine. <laughs> um, I'm quite surprised, actually, the Wranglers still had a bit of a lot of offensiveness in them, given how they literally blew us out of the wall on the first one. And so in the second, it was 4 um, nothing Wranglers, as the Barracuda dropped its, its fifth consecutive game. So... Despite out shooting the Wranglers 17-3 in that first period alone, the Barracuda would actually give up the only goal in that frame. It was at 4.32, Emilio Patterson ripped in a breakaway shot, top shelf over the glove of E to McNally. The Barracuda also killed off the only power play of the first and the game remaining 1-0 Wranglers out of 20. In the second, Calgary would put the game to bed with two goals Bit to take us apart. First one came courtesy of Rory Kerens, who wrapped in his own rebound at 17.20. And then Matt Phillips extended his point streak to a league high at eight games with a sharp angle shot at 18.52. Ending McKeenan's night after giving up three goals on 15 shots, Spirits now lose Dirtshell in goals and co leads the league in points. Uh, not much report in the third. Um, for Barracuda defenseman Nicholas Matchman uh, would net his first goal in 38 games at Tello on to give Calgary a 4 0 lead, and that would be all she'd wrote. So then the Barracuda come home to Texas Arena for a game against Ontario on November the 10th. Um, a shootout win, so not all aches and pains of the shootout for South A clubs this November! <laughs> So the Barracuda returned home on the term to pick up a 4-3 shootout victory over the Ontario Reign. So after a defensive stalemate in that first period, Lewis Anderson broke the scoreless tie just 38 seconds into the second with a sharp angled shot from the right wall. Ontario then jumps out to a 2 0 lead just under three minutes later with a goal on a 2-1 from Tyler Madden. He was falling in front of an open net and the Barracuda would fall to record sorry would fail sorry to record a shot through the first twelve fifty five of the period. But on its second shot the power period, Jeff Beale would cut on Terra's lead in half with deflection of a Santerio Hatakash shot. In the third, 
Be or not his second of the season and second of the night will break away backhand finish after struggling to the, after stripping the puck from Jacob Mowbray. A minute and eleven seconds later, Aussie Winsblatt would score his first of the year in his second debut off of a Brandon Cofeed from behind the net. But with just about two minutes left in the game, Ontario would pull goaltender Phoenix Copley and would tie the game on a Tyler Ward optional backhand. So after no goal scoring in the overtime period, um, Daniel Gushin and Luke Johnson would score for the Barracuda in the in the five round shootout. While the Ray would only get a goal from Akiel Thomas, uh, Strauss Manon would claim his first victory in his first game back for the Barracuda, making 32 seconds of five shots. So then the first of, back, of the back-to-back. So this first one was against the Colorado Eagles on November the 12th and November the 13th. November the 12th was the win. It was an overtime victory. 2-1. Uh, um, so, yeah, so they got fired by Safe and an OT winner from Luke Johnson to upend the Colorado Eagles um, in the first period. Eagles opened the scoring as Charles Hodden lifted a loose puck in front in from the crease past Dell at some 11.04. But of course, that would be all she'd write for the Eagles because after that, it was all Barracuda. Less than three minutes later, Barracuda are the right back of Jasper Webby tally as Ozzy Wizblatt uh, found him on the night on the right wing. And then that was all she wrote until overtime. Yeah. I know, it was a very t- intense first period. No, it all got quiet. Quiet. Uh, neither side found the back in the second or the third period. In that second, the Barracuda had to kill four different Colorado Eagles power plays. And they also got outshot 16-3. And in the third, the Eagles outshot the Barracuda again, 9-3. But neither team could break on, a, a, away. Um, and for the second straight game, both the Barracuda and the Eagles would have to go to an extra session. So in the extra session, Mikel Matsley would get denied by Dell on a breakaway, and then Johnson lights the lamp with a slot snipe at the 42nd mark uh, to complete the win and get the two points. So 24 hours later, number 13, this is going to be a bit of a trend, you guys need back to back to Barracuda. You win one, you lose one, and we did would, would lose, lose it 3-1. Uh, they uh, struggled to find their offensive footing and fell 3-1 to the Eagles. Uh, in the first period, the Barracuda got outshot 17-3. This used to be a bit of a problem facing the Eagles. This used to be getting outshot a lot. Um, they gave up the only goal of that period at 14-30 as Ben Tardiff snapped in a shot from the right wing, the first of his AHL career as he received a ring-wide pass from Justin Scott. In the second, the Barracuda would take consecutive penalties, resulting in a minute and 36, eight seconds of five on three for the Eagles. But Barracuda kills off the pe- both penalties. Game stays as it is, one nothing. In the third, Colorado's fourth power play would would see them prevail as Charles Hudson would slide a backhand through the five hole of Eaton Matchlin at four at eight sixteen. Sorry, and the Eagles would seal the win. Okay, Antonietta from Anton Blindham at 17.28. Tristan Robbins, though, would score on the, on the man advantage to, to deny the Eagles the shutout with about 35 seconds remaining. Um, and the Cardinal was too little, too late. Jonas Johnson made it a win on four consecutive games, making 28 saves or 29 shots. McNeil suffered a loss showing two on 36 
his third straight loss. Moving on to Alexander, of course. Um, on November 16th, a shutout win for the Barracuda over the San Diego Gulls, spoiling long-time head coach Roy Summers' return to San Jose, shooting out the San Diego Gulls 3-0. Um, Strauss Mann made 21 saves at his first career AHL shutout win, as the Barracuda put a season-high 42 shots on net, including 15 in each of the first two periods. During that first period, the Barracuda outshot the goals 10-0 to begin the game and 15-5 in the opening 20 minutes. It wasn't until 7:28 that San Diego would record its first shot, coming on the game's first power play. Despite each team going on the man advantage in the first, neither side could find the back of the net. In the second, the scoring began. Jasper Weatherby breaks the deadlock, lifting a backhander under the crossbar from the look. Low slot, his second goal over his last three games. The Barracuda would finish the period out shooting the goals 15 to 5. In the third period, exactly the five minute mark, Thomas Board low feeds Scott Reedy on a two on one to get the Barracuda a 2 0 lead. Zazie would put the game to out of reach at 1743 when Reedy would spot Barracuda captain Andrew Argazino in the slot, and the former goal would put it off the post and it's snapping a 10 game goalless drought. Both Reading and Montana Yorkshire would finish with a pair of points while Mann earned his first career in my hockey league shutout victory and now has won his last two games. So then we get our next set of back to backs. Um this tie against the Tucson Roadrunners while I was away in Paris, November the nineteenth and November the twentieth. And again it was win win one, lose one. So the loss came on November the 19th when Tucson won by a score of 6-3. to three. Um, Although what was interesting, the Barracuda hit jumped out to a 3 nothing lead in that first period. Um, but gave up the next 6 after going on the penalty kill 10 times. Oh my word. Right, let's see how many days they can, can see then, shall we? In the first, on the team's second power plate, William Eklund buries a shot past John Gutgill's right after he beat his defender uh, with a spinner-at-rama move of 10.33. Less than it later, Scott Reedy tips in a Thomas Bordelow one-timer on the Man Advantage at 11.22. And after leading the penalty box, Andrew Ocasino, the captain, would get Sprung on a breakaway and beat the Eagles to give the Barracuda a 3 0 lead. But as we saw in the very first game of the season against Iowa, 3 0, and as we've seen plenty of times in the NHL itself, 3 0 leads are not safe, as we all would find out eventually in this one. As the Rovers cut the lead to down um, to 2 at 17.34, thanks to Adam Cracknell, who powered it a one time and passed Aaron Dell on the power play. So that's one power pick off there. In the second, Michael Curran would one time Jan unique pass at 1209 on the on the power play. So that's two. And then Minos Kalman would run in the blind goal at 1849. Also the power play. So three. In the third, Kalman would give Tucson its first lead. After Victor Sonstrom won a foot brace to a loose puck in the right corner. Nathan Smith would make it 5-3 at 
Lone Cowman completes the hat trick with an empty net at 18.02. He was picked up the win, making 19 saves, and has now won seven in a row against the Barracuda. Dale suffered a loss, 95 goals, 29 shots. Hmm. So, not impressive there. Um, having to give up a 3 nothing lead and not even responding to a 3 to, to, uh, just let and I mean, the Railroads just scored 6 nots there. But, sweet revenge the next night. Because the Railroads get shut out in their barn. Oh, yeah. A natural hat trick um, from rookie Thomas Bordelow and 28 starts from Ethan McNeil. Uh, shut out Tucson 6 nothing. And their win was the team's first in four games against the Rovers this season. So the first period, the Barracuda would outshoot Tucson 12-8. Killed off both power plays for the Rovers, but scoreless. So the second, that's when the Barracuda got things rolling with a season-high four goals in the period. First up, Brendan Coe at 7.35 would spot uh, Danny Gushnin in the middle of the ice. And the rookie uh, forward would beat Ivan Prochner. Stick stayed. Less than a minute and a half later, Andrew Gazino, our captain, springs William Eklund on a breakaway as he found him spinning off the bench. And Ek would have a slight shot by Paul to give the Barracuda a 2 0 lead. And down a man, uh, Artin Kinesiv goes top shelf on a 2 on 1 with Tristan Robbins, the team's first goal from Western Defenseman this season and first short handed goal. Something the Sharks are still looking for, actually, as we head into December. Uh, Bordelow would complete his, the four-game frame with a tally uh, of his own at 17.33. And then in that third, Bordelow would, would, would pound in his second of the night game at 6.17 while on the power play. And then he completes the hatch at 6.47. And that was the 11th in franchise history, but just the second by a first-time player. Eton Merkney made 28 saves to earn his third career shutout and first with the Cuda. At Frost, and that suffered the loss, allowing six goals and 40 shots. And then the Barracuda come, uh, go to Ontario, number 23rd, and unfortunately, a massive loss, 5-1. Gave up the first five goals in that one, only getting one on the score sheet themselves. So in the first, the rain would draw first blood on a power play goal from Sam... Fagamer, he as he cleaned up a rebound off a Quinton Byfield shot at 7.39. Then Tobias Bullfer buried his first in 13 games as Martin Horanak seemed a pass to him from the right wing. Toby uh, Bissom then ripped a shot past Ethan McNey stick side to make it 3 nothing at 4.43. His first gone for two games. In the second, Tyler Madden steered in a loose puck from the crease, make it 4 nothing at 4.41. His third consecutive game with a goal. At 50.45, Jordan Spence uh, notched his first of the year as he drifted down from the, the right point and Alex Shorty set him up for an on timer. And then the shutout big Fontaine would be foiled by Tristan Robbins, um, who went upstairs on Phoenix Cup play while on the power play at 16.44 to make it 5-1. And the third Barracuda began the period on a 5-on-3 penalty, I should say, and then take three subsequent penalties in the period. Despite multiple power plays in Ontario, the game stays at 5-1. Uh, Mickney suffered the loss, allowing 5-on-34 shots. Cop play would earn the win, uh, stopping 21-22. Alright. 
So then now we get to the... Well, what's actually quite interesting is we finish off the month with a pair of back-to-backs. Two on the road, two at TechCU. And it's interesting that it was the back-to-back where you saw multiple teams was where we got the... Uh, got the bitch got maximum points. <laughs> yeah, a bit bizarre, bizarre that there. Uh, <laughs> as I'm about to go into it. So... First up, Black Friday. Anybody do, has anybody do a little bit of a flutter at the races? To get up Black Friday offerings? Well, if you had, you might be surprised to see a, a, a five, two, last but the horses! <laughs> Henderson's not having a great year at the races, are they? <laughs> oh, has somebody peaked too soon? <laughs> oh, don't you just love it when, love it when Bakes' sports teams lose and lose bad? Yeah, lovely. Oh, oh. right, so yeah, I believe that is the first win at Dolo Centre for the Barracuda because obviously, uh, we did think that that really was also going to open this year, along with TechCU and, of course, uh, Coachella's arena. But no, the Hedison Knights were able to move in um, towards the end of last season. They got a few games in, including come against us. But yeah, that's, I believe, our first win at Dolo Centre. A 5-2 win over the, over the Horsies. And he, it was the bit, this victory was also... The Barracuda's first ever win on the road against Henderson in 11 attempts between both the regular season and the playoffs. Because if you remember, in Henderson's first season, so that was the, tw- so was the shortened 2020-21 season, um, our division, of course, held a playoff tournament uh, to determine its Pacific Division champion for that year, which were the baseball condors. Um, so yeah, so that's why you see playoffs. Yeah, that's just to remind you, we did have a playoff tournament in 2021, but it was a division tournament, not a Carl Cup tournament. <laughs> oh, and the horses are going to lose the finals of that tournament, by the way. Just to make it clear. <laughs> so, in the first, the Silver Knights would break the ice. Byron Frost uh, slung a shot on the net, and Jonas Romberg shoveled in the rebound. 806 past Strassman, but less than a minute later, 855, Montana Orchkney would net his first goal in Bittyville Contest to tie it at 1 1. And the second on the power play, Tristan Robbins gives the Barracuda a 2 1 lead. He ripped a shot, shelf far side at 10 14, but the horses would answer right back on the power play. Oh! As Frost hit in a Dean. The Mora point shot at 11 43. The game would go into the final 20 minutes, tie at 2, and it stayed at 2 for a very long time, but 15.43 of that third, that's when the scoring begins, the frenziness begins. Bordelow gives the Barracuda back the lead as he pulled a loose puck off of Laurent Frosset's pad and tucked it in. And Dragazilla, our captain, then it would all. 
all but put the game away with a breakaway shrug at 17.22 and then Jeff Beal sealed the deal with an empty net at 18.39. Fortunate finish with the, with the Golden Howie hat-trick, while Gazzino notched a season-high three points, extending his point streak to six. Ita McInerney earned the win by working the final 40 minutes, stopping 25-26 drops, while Brusser was dealt the first game up four goals on 26 shots. Then we head over to Bakersfield the next day. That's uh, November 26. Bakersfield, normally a team we struggle against, but hey, we'll take it. Clip them to one. Uh, season high 43 shots on net for the Barracuda. Um, saw them take victory in the final game of a five game road trip. The way at Vegas Bull snaps a nine game losing streak against the Condors on the road, dating all the way back to the abrupt 2019 20 season. Yeah, so as I mentioned, Vegas Bull not be a great team to. Team for us to play again. We've not done had much success against the Connors over the last few years, but yeah, so great to get that under the belt. So in the first, uh, Luke Aspino would wire a shot over the left shoulder of Ethan Magny uh, to 21 seconds in the contest. Um, in and on the game's first shot, initiating a crowd of over 8,000 to do the teddy bear toss. Bit early for bit early for a teddy bear toss, isn't it? It's normally December, isn't it? We toss the teddies. My oh my! Anyway, fair dues, fair dues. I need I need to look up who when our teddy bear tosses. Don't want to make a note of it. Yeah, it's a bit early, but I was like, oh god, it's a bit early to toss the teddies. No, do that in December. Any anyway, anyway. So anyway, so after a. 20 minute delay? Really? It took you 20 minutes to clear up all the teddies? Takes less than that to clear up all the hats. We have a, we have a hat trick. Oh my oh my. This is why you don't do your teddy bear toss in November. Please you say over December when everyone's prepared for it. But anyway, so after that delay, the game fire resumes and we're on a five on free power play. Danny Gushin. Ties the score with a high slot snipe at 15.09. And the Barracuda with fierce with that season high. 19 shots in the first. Ah, so who is regressing organising the teddy bear toss now, huh? Ah, 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 That lengthy delay. The rest needed. I all want the Titan. Now in the second, the, the Barracuda would unfortunately hit the post, not once, not twice, not even three times, but four times. Yeah, you heard that right, four times. But I'm not hearing that once, but four times. Yeesh. Two of those came from our captain, Andrew Gazzino. And they would go on then four more power play opportunities, but it stays one more after 40 minutes. In the third though, the deadlock finally gets broken. Yalan Surak in his Barracuda debut shovel the shot on net. And CJ Suss cleaned up the rebound at 8-7. His first goal in 13 games. And McNeil made 24 straight saves. Arsenal the first shot he saw. Earning his second consecutive win. Olivia Rorschach made a career best 41 stops. Claiming the third star. But of course, takes the loss. 
And the final two games of the season come on the final two days of November, so November 29 and November 30, um, against the IOR. Interestingly, though, the IOR, we, well, we had a back-to-back -back in their bar to start the season, and they've come to us for a back-to-back. -back. Um, I think that is the last we've seen of, we're going to be seeing of Iowa uh, this season. I think after that we just got Texas, and then the rest of the year is division heavy. I'm just going to double check that, just to make certain. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so that, yeah, so we had so we had two trips to Iowa, and they've had two trips to us, and, that, and that's all she will, uh, she will write, um, with the matchup, uh, this season. Uh, obviously we've got another team outside the division that we'll be seeing in later on in the year, that'll be Texas. Uh, that'll be coming up uh, towards the second half of the season, uh, but after that, but apart from that, the rest of it is, just, is division uh, heavy. So, there we go. So, yeah, just want to double check that. So, November 29, Iowa's first, what, what will hopefully be many trips to Texas Arena, and they get a win. Yep. 4-3 in regulation. That stings. Barracuda scored less than three minutes into the first period. Um, and then proceeded to give up the next three in that period. And just couldn't recover. Basically, four three to the Iowa Wild. In the opening 20 minutes, Captain Andrew Gazzino slung a sharp angle shot on net during a delayed penalty, beating Jasper Walsley through the 5-50. At 5-52, the Wild levelled the score at 1-1. Uh, Joe Camarasa made it goals in back-to-back -back games with a forehand backhand move. Brad could then take three miles in the first on its second kill. Marcus Rossi is HRC in debut, which scored his eight seconds in the power play. Then Sam Walker scores eight seconds into the wise Irish third power play, make it three-one. Perry Kenny needs to tighten knot going into December for the Barracuda. Just saying. I wonder if I was going to count these power plays that we've given up. In a second, Luke Johnson snocks a shot through whilst the next five hole again makes it 3 2 4 for 8. But Damon Hunt would go top shelf on Strassman um, at 5 16 to push the lead back to 2. In the third, the game uh, remains 4 2 until CJ Struss nutted his second as many games by. Battling a four loose puck out of midair with his team's net empty and while the power play. Despite that late goal, Barracuda unable to tie it in the final 50 seconds, point four three. Man took the last line of the season high four goals on 33 shots while Wilson uh, snapped a two game losing streak by making 30 saves on 33 shots. And then the final game of the month, uh, another loss to Iowa. This, this was the only back-to-back -back of the season of, uh, of the month, sorry, where we couldn't get a split, which we managed to do for most of them. So, unfortunately, this unfortunately was a back-to-back -back where we lost uh, both games. Um, it's, uh, it's time 5-3. Uh, the gave up a half-play goal and a shortened goal in the first period against Iowa and even trailed 3-0 at 1.4, getting within a goal. 
In a third, I was sealed the deal with a late empty netter. It's always the case, isn't it? In that first period, at 14.49, Sam Walker makes it a goal in consecutive games as he beat Ito Magni short side, while upper man Lenjo Cremosa would make it goals in three straight games by beating Magni shorthanded with a forehand to backhand move more at 8.07. 18, well, 18 sorry, 18 7. Hey, tongue tied. It's a long segment. In the second, Stephen Fogarty gave Iowa a freedom healing on the wild second power of the game, but Thomas Baudelaire gets tobacco on the ball with a one time at 9.8, also on the man advantage. In the third, Michael O'Leary cleaned up a rebound to push the wild lead back to three. However, Daniel Gushin would uh, cut the deficit back to two. Sneaking a shot through the five holes of Jasper Walsner at 354. Bagger get back with a goal. Bang as uh, William Eklund was across the pass from Skuskin, 1147. But I will avoid the collapse by cashing in the center from Adam Beckman uh, with less than a minute to go. Uh, Walsner picked up the win by making 31 seconds while marketing some of the loss by making 20 seconds on 24 shots. And that is all she wrote for the member. So a lot of back-to-backs. <laughs> um, interesting though, those back-to-backs is that well, that for a lot of them, it was a bit of a split. You know, you win one, you lose one. I think we could have made it um, two maximum point back-to-backs, but that uh, one in Tucson, if, um, if we just tied up on that first one, we might have got that one as well as a success. But Still a good month for the bad kill, I say. And then, you, know, you know, not too shabby. Yeah, there comes some high scorings. And yeah, the penalty kill hasn't been as sharp as it has been for the Sharks uh, so far. But all in all, still a great month to look back on. And like I say, as long as you're not in the bottom two, it's fine. So, yeah, so I think another decent month for the A lot of things to work on, though. But uh, as we head into um, December. But all in all, not a bad Bad mom, a decent respot record record there for the back of Alright, so we're gonna pick up where we left off with the lot of backs and oh this second half it is grim and I know I'm not being dramatic here, it was a grim grim mum. Well, no, not Grim Month. Grim second half to the month, I should 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 should, should say. Uh, <clears throat> oh, so disappointing. I mean, you build up. You have a, you have an opportunity. I should say you have an opportunity to build on the momentum of that really great road trip, which actually could have been a perfect four and zero. But as we all know, now it was ended up being three one instead, which is not but too shabby. But actually, that's good. But. Especially since we're in for all four games. Um, you come back home, you want to try and build a momentum. You've got three tough Eastern Conference teams to face. Um, it just you know, it just doesn't go the way. Funny though is, um, actually, for the first three of this second half to the, to the look backs, I actually wasn't really present to keep an eye, um, an eye on them. Um, I was actually away on a much needed holiday to Disneyland Paris, so um, yeah, wasn't able to follow these three uh, games. The funny thing is, the first one was actually the night before I was away, but of course, 
given time difference and all that. <laughs> um, the, the second one was, was well, actually the other one where actually was one well, hours. Instead of while I was coming back, but uh, anyway, 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 just to you get the drift from Tri's was about to give on these three, but luckily, um, uh, Brody Brazil did some night shifts for these games. I'd like to watch those and get my um, thoughts on that. So, I'll just do like a general observation for these, um, first three, and then we can get back to uh, the ball business. So, November 17, a bit of a bizarre scoring bonanza here. Seven Red Wings, four Sharks. Um, a bit of an unfortunate loss, really. Um, the Sharks really failed to capitalise on Detroit's misfortunes, and um, they've not been doing really, really well. They, they had a little bit of a losing streak, um, and yet we couldn't really capitalise that. And yet, at one point, even held the lead, a lead. You know, we even did have a lead at one point in this game. It wasn't all. Red Wings and we were trying to establish them for the wreckage. No, 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 far from it. Actually, at one point we did have the lead and then it was all, uh, you know, the drill by now, second period woes and then the third period it all went out of hand. Um, the Red Wings, they proved to be the better team this one, really, and you, you, and it's not every now and then you're going to catch me saying, in general, really, whether it's on the show or it's not on the show, you're very, very, very going to catch me saying oh, our opponent will the better team. You go very, very rarely hear me say that, but you have to give credit where credit's due. Um, they grabbed multi-goal leads several times, including those final three, which caused made what looked like was going to be a close contest, more of a uh, bonanza. And that foul score, it's, it's one of those nights where the foul score just does not tell the foul story one bit. So then we move on to the moment of the 19th, 2-1 Rangers, so, and I think it was also, was it 2-1, yeah, yeah, the overtime win at the beginning of the year? I think it might have been. Was it 3-2? I'll double, I'll double check that right now, really quick. If I get my log book up, I can double check that real quick. Let me take a second to load it up. So, of course, our first win of the season was against the Rangers. Oh no, it's no, it's three two, three two overtime victory. Still, they were both. Either way, they were both close. Um, encounters of a very different kind. And um, what is really interesting about uh this this game here is how actually there wasn't really much to it. It was actually turning into a quiet night. Both teams really struggled in this match to get on the score sheet and it looked like that game was heading into a 1-0 kind of game you know that's kind of that I do not like in in hockey I never like seeing a 1-0 game in hockey because really 60 men's surely you could get you could try and generate some kind of action you know I really don't like those 1-0 scores and we have seen the last few years we have seen those start to become a bit of a of a thing, I'm not really liking those, and unfortunately, it did look like it was that it was gonna go, but, but probably in overtime. But, um, but no, and you, you, the, the Rangers they managed to find a way, they actually made the most of their chances in the final six minutes, to, and they got it done in regulation time. You know, despite there was a lot of best effort from several of our players, including you know, Netminder James Reimer, who's trying to keep his team in it, and obviously, local control giving us a life with that long goal. 
um, and actually trying to claw it back and try and find the equalizer and maybe try and come away with something, but instead it's nothing. Um, that's a really tough pill to swallow, and that's not the only tough pill to swallow for this second half of Lockbox, so we're going to get to in a moment. So, November the 21st, day I was coming back home, and I come back home to a 5 1 Sharks victory. And sadly, yes, this was also the lone victory of the month on home soil. It's not it's not looking good for, for the SAP center this year, is it? It's not looking good. No. Oh dear, it's not bad well for me in, fe in late February. Oh dear. Um, yeah, the tank is losing its magic. I mean, oh god, we, we our home used to be a foot used to be a fortress. I mean, I know Vegas nicknames there. Yeah, it's a, it's a, 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 a fortress, but we were the fortress. Our, as the tank was a place where teams feared to come because they knew it was always going to be a hard place to place to play. Oh, I can't believe. Are we really losing that magic? Because we've only had one home, home win in October. We've only had one home win in November. It's, it, oh god, it's like Chris Moore's and I'm a celebrity with the Bush Tucker Trials. Where he only got one star. All the ones he did. Oh no. Uh, right. Let's put a pin in on that for now. That thought for now of it's attack losing the magic. And let's bring it, up, bring it up again in a month's time. So when we're looking back on December. Let's, let's, let's leave it for them. We'll come back to this again. In December and see, depending on how we've done the whole in December, we'll pick up there. In fact, how many games, how many games have we got in December? Because there's not many. Um, one, two, three, four, five. We've got six home games coming up in December. So we'll, let's, um, yeah, no, I think December, because by then I'm going to cast judgment on the, the, the coaching staff. So, um. That my leniency is coming to its end, so no, we'll put we'll put we'll pick that up again, um, this time next month we'll do it then. But anyway, back to this game on November the twenty-first. So despite not not um not getting hardly any shots in that first period, I think they got, I think they got, got about three, and one did register on the board because Noah Gregor he got the scoring started and. As the Sharks, they found some tenacity in that second period, firing on all stages. They went from three shots to the first team, about 22. Um, and they just found a way you know, to get some aggression and get some offense. But just kept firing on all stages. And they got three in a row in that second, including the power play goal from uh, Tamil Turtle. And that kind of put it to bed, really, which then allowed the Sharks to come in the third, um, you know, play smart hockey, as I like to call it. You know, they just in control, they didn't really have, have to do much unless Oswa tried to mount a comeback, but of course they didn't, so they were to play smart hockey and just get it down and get it done. Okay, so now we can go, we can now go back to my overall thoughts, because obviously for those three, because obviously not being, uh, to pay attention to those being a holiday, many cards have got like a general observation there, now to remain a little back, so we can go back to how it is and as normal years and just my general thoughts. So the first has been November twenty third, Thanksgiving Eve. Um, happy belated Thanksgiving to all those who celebrated. Um, now all the cracking. Now 
there's some good news and there's some bad news here. The bad, the bad, right, the good news, actually no, do, right, can my good news make sense if I do the bad news first? No, I don't think I can. <laughs> I know you're supposed to do the bad news first, but I'm just, but I'm, just, but I'm the kind of guy who has to do the good news first, because otherwise the bad news doesn't make any sense. I know that seems wrong, but you have to do it right. The good news is, is that we've got some growth from the Kraken. The bad news is, that was our learning how to the Climate Pledge Arena this year. I know, because sadly, the Kraken are one of our um, um, division opponents who were only going to see three times this year. You, you remember last year, the new scheduling matrix, you know, to accommodate 32 clubs? Um, and sadly, that does mean for some of your division opponents, every now and then you're going to see some of them three compared to the four. I would have rather the Kraken be one as we saw four times. I mean, it's, it's year two for them, you know, the expat. You know, it's their first proper year where they can actually play as a team, you know. The, the expansion tag's now off, so they can now just relax and know you're now one of us, you're now one of the boys, you know. And, you know, a lot of when you get those division... More, the more matches we play against the Kraken, the better we have to understand what they are as a team, and given how new they are, quite fresh, so I'm a bit disappointed there's only three matchups. Um this year, but sadly it does mean that was our one loan visit to Climate Pledge Arena, and we have still yet to pick up um, a win there, so sadly we're going to have to wait until this time next season to go for it again. Um, it will come! It will come! It will come! Okay, all now, anybody from Cracker Nation listening thinks, oh yeah, we're never... Never gonna lose to lose to the sharks on home soil. Oh no, it will come, it will come, but um, it's not gonna be this time th this year. That's got to be something to and once again April next season. Oh dear. Well, this will give us something to something to do for, for predictions when we do the preseason show next year. So it'll be fine. But, uh, but no. So, yeah. So sadly. Unfortunately, we have to wait another season to get that first win in Kraken Nation. Um, let's see how really turned the tables on us here. What was a crazy game where the Kraken put up eight on the board for the first time in franchise history. That was their highest scoring game until a couple of nights later on when they played. In fact, let me get, let me um, cross reference this. Let me get the dates right so that could be. So that, so that if any crack my arse listening, go, don't have to go, No, 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 it's wrong, it's on this Well, I'm going to cross from the zig, going to fact check it. Alright, so bear with me. Two seconds. Okay. So, just bear with. Right. No, I think it was in November. Yes, it was in November. It was a, it was a few days later. I think it was during our back-to-back -back in um, Canada. Oh no! Actually, oh yeah, yeah, yes, it was. Ah, oh, yes, it was when we were in Mon we were in Montreal, so on November the 29th, um, and they were at the Kings. So it was a road game, so and it was nine eight in overtime. Yeah, so almost a week later from having got their highest scoring game on home soil, they get the highest scoring game on on uh, on the road. I can't believe the cracker was that close to getting 10.
Yes! Wow! The growth they've had this year is just unbelievable. It just is absolutely unbelievable. But a part of me is actually loving it and respecting it. Because look, Vegas, this is how you do it! Yeah, this is how you do it! You don't go, go literally broke on year one. You... You draft for the future. You get your prospects in. You 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 line your draft picks up. You pick. You you get you get players who you could see potent have potential. Give them the opportunity to grow, and eventually you reap the reward. So carry on, Kraken. Carry on. I'm happy for this. I'm actually quite happy because I'm actually quite okay with the Kraken. I'm happy for this. So carry on. Show show Vegas a thing or two. How expansion teams supposed to, supposed to be expansion teams. So go for it. But, um, maybe not against me, that's, but yeah, so, oh, and also that, that guy, they got, a little bit of it got featured on our, um, intermission report the next day, we're in Toronto, um, Brody and Curtis, they brought up how there's a little bit of confusion on the Crackers broadcasting about one of them maybe, maybe uh, doing a, a swear on live telly, but no, it was not a swear, she didn't swear, oh dear, but anyway, anyway but back to this one. On Thanksgiving Eve, so it was a really crazy, a really crazy game, you know, I mean, they got eight on the board, but there were some positives, you know, to take away from this, I mean, for us, in terms of, oh yeah, there was. Uh, TMI got a hat-trick, but, you know, mistakes were just made, and, and as I say, just really did not protect the net miner for that game, Kappa Kakinen, they did not protect him enough, and the Kraken made you pay. They're learning, they're learning, they're getting good, they're, they're learning on the job, and that's how you do it, but yeah, so, yeah, still can't get the win at Climate Pledge Arena, please let that happen next season, please, in fact, whoever does the scheduling matrix, can you please give us four matchups next year against Kraken, give us two opportunities to try and get it, um, uh, but, uh, anyway, oh. I want more Kraken games. I'm loving them more than Vegas. It's bomb, is it? The reverse psychology has happened with, with the two most recent expan expansion franchises to hit the league. Because when Vegas was cup, because when Vegas was coming, I was quite excited for it. I mean, everyone knows what Vegas is. It's mainly what a lot of people in, in, here in England want to win, want to do with the money they were on on the chase and, and tipping point. But uh, along with along with Florida's Magic Kingdom. And Route 66, they're kind of the top three things people want to do in terms of America. They go, is it win, get, win the chase and tipping point? <laughs> Comes up a lot. Uh, but yeah, but no, I remember the time when Vegas was coming. I was like, oh, we're excited for them. Then, of course, they arrive. Hate their guts. Wish they were never born. With the cracker, it's the complete opposite. The build-ups, I thought, oh, please, not another one. Not, not a level we don't need a Vegas 2.0. And then since they've arrived, well, actually, well, oh, no, actually, I quite like the Kraken. And I have said plenty of times they have done a lot of really, really, really great things. So I'm actually, yes, I'm loving the Kraken. Am I surprised to see them having got good this, literally in year two? A little bit, because I was expecting to see some growth, tiny growth. Maybe challenge for maybe fifth or sixth in the division, not challenge for a playoff spot. And of course, it is quite. And of course, yes, some analysts can argue yes, it is quite early in the season. Yeah, there still is quite a long way to go. But 
we have got the our first playoff primer coming up um around about Christmas break. Um um I know I should say so playoff primers is what I do every year. Um every now and then at the best points of the season I like to check in the standings and see, right, who could we potentially see in the playoffs? So I do at least two before we get to Clinton scenarios. My first one I do around about Christmas break. Um yeah, because obviously that's the first because obviously First arc can here would be is more done then. That's the first check. Second check I do is just is when we're at All Star Weekend. So have a look and see at that point. Because by the time you get to All Star Weekend, you kind are in like the final final rush um of the regular season. So so then, and then after that it's all clinch scenarios. Yeah. So it'd be interesting where I did my first playoff primer for this season. It'd be interesting to see where the Kraken are. I did not expect to be there. But I kind of like to keep going. I want to see them do well, but it is. Anyway, okay. So, yeah, so sadly, no win at Climb Pledge Arena yet. Unfortunately, that's going to be a big aim for next season. So, it'll be interesting. So, that's going to be an interesting thing to keep in mind when we get to obviously July or uh, in uh, 2023 to look at the schedules and see, right, how many games we've got against Kraken? Have we got four? Have we got three? When are the games going to clear a pledge? Mark Mini Diaries. As priorities. But let's move on. Let's move on to... Oh no. Oh no. The Black Friday. Black Friday. Has the Black Friday deals in America finished yet? Because here in England, you've still got, got adverts on the telly and radio advertising Black Friday deals. Is it like, is it like America's version of Christmas? Starts really early and ends really late. Because here in England, Christmas now begins in September. It does. First Christmas adverts now come on in, in, in September. And they, go, and they go on to at least January. It's dreadful. But no, you, we're still now in what is, is nearly a few... Obviously, this will be out in December. A few days to Christmas. And it's still... We're still hearing Black Friday deals. My, oh my. Anyway... <laughs> To any of you who did score Black Friday deals, well done you. <laughs> um, but Black Friday 2022, not a pretty one. Because it was the debut of the Reverse Retro 2.0s. <coughs> right. Okay. For those of you who have checked out my Terraport bid that we did on those, you will know that I do not like them. I... In fact, I literally, first put that episode, I literally was gagging. I was like, oh, like I could t I tell I was doing it. I was like, oh, God. Oh, but I just do. I don't like them. And I do know that I am in the minority who do not like them. Oh, God. I can't win, can I? I can't win. Because in the first round, in so the, so the shortened 2020-21 season... I loved them, but was in the small minority that did because the majority of the reaction to them was quite bad. But that was because a lot of people did think we were going to reverse retro the 1991-92 jerseys. And I'm like, no, 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 for two big reasons. Reason number one, yes, I'm going to stick to numbers. Reason number one. 
that season was our thirtieth anniversary season, so they were always, so they were, they were already going to come out anyways because they were for the heritage jerseys, and you got to see more than you did for the twenty fifth and the fifteenth, sixteenth season. So that was reason number one. Then reason number two, you don't mess with the greatness, right? If you got an iconic jersey, you don't mess with it. Not even for a winter class, not even for a winter classic or a staying series or for a, this or for a league. But you don't mess with the greatness. Come on. So no, no way. Um, but yeah. But for this, so for these ones, the two point oh's for twenty twenty three. I'm in the small minority of people who hate them because the general reaction is everyone seems to love them. I'm like, oh my god. I can't win. I cannot win. I can't win. Although, I don't think the organization loves them too much because if they did, then wouldn't put all of them all the time we're going to wear them. Wouldn't you make them home games? Because I do believe that for one or two of them, we are. Of those six ties, we are going to be wearing them on the road. Let me just double check real quick. Uh, I believe we are. So uh, clearly, we don't love them that much. Otherwise, we would have maybe, um, you know, have gone for the full. Let's wear them six times on on home soil. Uh, so let me see if I can look it up or I can find. Uh, I should have remembered this, shouldn't I, when I did the, did my thoughts on them, but no, I forgot it. Oh dear, right. Let's see if we can bear me two secs. Mm. Let me see if I can find them. Uh, yeah, we will get to the thoughts on the game in a moment, but just give me a second. Right, no, I'm going to have to go back into my news archives. <laughs> but no, because we're, we're wearing them for at least six times. And I believe that for two of them, we are going to be uh, wearing them on the road. Uh, well, I can't remember which ones they are, but... um. Yeah, you would have thought I should have learnt, learnt this, um, memorised it when we did, or jot a note about it when we were gonna, when I did it for the, um, you know, when I did my, um, thoughts on it back in when it was revealed in, was it October? Yeah, I think it was October, wasn't it? Because it was our first win. Yes, it, I remember that. Yeah, it was on, they, they revealed, they did the, the reveal on, um, our first win of the season when we were in New York, and I literally that night did record my thoughts on it. I thought, no, may as well get straight onto it. Um, but yeah, so hmm. so what I should have done is jot a note of when we were going to be wearing them. <laughs> to make matters worse, is that I actually was actually quite ill that night as well. Literally, when I came back, I literally came down with a really nasty illness and a boat. My baby just properly cleared it, but yeah, so if I didn't have any more, so if I wasn't already ill enough, the fact that we were debuting our reverse retros on this night, and the fact that I literally can't stand them, um, just, it just didn't make things any easier, because, um, oh, because, um, yeah, so, um, oh dear, oh dear, not great for me. Right, I think I'm nearly there, I think I've nearly got it, 
I think I've nearly got it. Err. Uh, is this it? Is this it? Have I got it? Is this it? Looks some promising. I'm about to go back for our news. For our new yes! Got it! Got it! Got it! Right, okay. So. So, November 25th, on Home Store Goes LA. December 7th, on Home Store Goes Vancouver. December 9th, on the road at Anaheim. Oh, sorry, Ducks fans. Bring sunglasses. It'll make it easier. <laughs> oh, does that mean I can't see what see Anaheim in theirs? Because there's our roads as well. Oh, fooey. Oh, they swore that. <laughs> right. Seven of thirteen. Um. First Arizona on home soil. To seven of twenty-seventh at Vancouver. Uh, at Vancouver's place. Oh, sorry, Canucks fans as well in the barns. Then the final appearance of the reverse retros will be December 29th. That's the final home game of the Canada year 2022, where we'll be hosting the Philadelphia Flyers. And they've got nice reverse retros too, but unfortunately they're rose because of that. Either! Oh! Oh dear. Also, I wonder if on December 27th, will that be one of those rare nights where both teams wear the reverse retros? Because Vancouver could, because they are dominantly coloured. So, hmm, I'll keep an eye out for that one. Um, when's that a face-off? 7 p.m. Oh, I can watch that at 7 p.m. Um, just the home ones. Right. So, uh, yeah, so four times at home, two times on the road. But if the organisers have loved these enough, then wouldn't you make them all six times at home, so? Just saying, I mean, the reaction's positive, but I'm just saying, he loved them that much, he made them all home games, not two on the road. Again, in the bar, sincere, I will do this, I'll do this, I'm going to do a lot back to him. Sincere apologies to the Anaheim Ducks and Vancouver Canucks for having to wear these on your home turfs. Sorry, sorry, sorry! If you want to get your own back, wear your, yours when you come to, come to us. Oh, actually, no, Vancouver can't do that because um, they've um, used up, because they'll have used up theirs. But Anaheim may... Oh, no, no, oh, for God's sake! We've, we've, we've already used up our Anaheim and Vancouver home games. Whoever's done the scheduling matrix with the 22-23 ske free schedules, I want to find you and give you a lesson. On what on, on what gauge you should not use up and what gauge you should spread out. Disgraceful behaviour. Anyway, we need to get back to this game, don't we? We need to get back to it. Right, so okay. Right. So the reverse retros, as if I wasn't Ill, already ill enough. <sighs> Made the ugly debuts. It was an ugly contest for the sharks. Literally not intended there. Um I'm not sure that if it was wise to put James Robert in the net when he still hadn't fully recovered from an injury. And I'm not just saying that because I was ill as well, but the difference between me and him is I, I'm, I'm, um, I'm, I have to be, I'm at home in here in Manchester, England. He's unfortunately not a not a athlete. He on the other hand is an athlete and has to basically shake it off. But I'm just thinking. Was that really wise? Especially given how being on home soils not had its perks this season so far. I'm just thinking, was that not 
was that really wise? Could you got Kakanin to go back and we we call up somebody like Arundel from the Barracuda? Was that wise? But anyway, they did it. They did it, and unfortunately, just couldn't quite be on his form as he normally was. Um, you know, the Kings did now cover the five holes. Um which helped them generate momentum in a game where the Sharks really did struggle to find some offence, despite firing shots at Jonathan Quick and getting two in. Um, but no, sadly, no, not good enough there. Right, then we come on to November the 27th, Canucks 3, Sharks, sorry, Canucks 4, sorry, Sharks 3, overtime. Yeah, this was a hard game to dissect. There wasn't much action in it, both teams played, and this is what really annoys me about the other result. Both teams played a very disciplined game. You can't argue that. Okay, then you can argue, well, 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 well it wasn't that great in overtime. Lost because of getting it net. But for the full 60 minutes, they did play a really, really good game. They played a very disciplined game. But as we, and, but things literally exploded that third period. Um, uh, it saw two goals get scored by Luke Cullen. One in the very bizarre fashion. One came, think, um, hit him on the back and it went sort of deflected in. That, But that was bizarre. But hey, you know what they say? It doesn't matter how you score them. As long as you... It, it counts either way. So there you go. <laughs> we'll take it. Um, so yes, he got two goals. One, the first goal he got was, was a bizarre one. But it counts. The other... A standard hockey goal. Um, well, Logan Shaw striked on the um, power play, but yeah, that in overtime, that miscue in overtime ultimately is what cost us from being able to net the win and get two points rather than one. I mean, yeah, you could argue, well, we did call away with something, but really, you should have maybe found a way to tighten up in that overtime period and try and you know, hold out a little bit longer. If that miscue didn't happen, would it still maybe have gone the Canucks way? Maybe, because it, it, it might have gone to shut out. This would have been real, that happened so far this year. Um, and this mum as a whole, but uh, yeah, sad one as well. Right, so we round off the month. Oh my god, this has become a recurring theme for season five. We end one episode with the start of a, of a, of a road trip and pick up. The second half in the start of the next episode. This happened again. It's happened again, and I might as well mention it now. It's going to happen again on the next show because we end December with a bizarre holidays back to back. New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, back to back. The schedule may. Maker really, really hates the Sharks, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. I want to know who is responsible for creating these schedules. Whoever it is, you clearly hate the Sharks. You make, you play because play the majority of our Ducks games in the first half of the season. We only get one trip to Climate Pledge. We use up most of our home against Vancouver, the, Vancouver in, the, in, the, in the Hardy period. And I can make his play not only on New Year's Eve, which we know is a death spot for the, for the Sharks, not on much success on New Year's Eve, and then, no! Can make his play again on New Year's Day! And yet, we have Thanksgiving off! 
that makes no sense whatsoever. And you know what? I'll pick that up on the next show. Because by then, it'll be near holidays and we'll be recording it probably near about the holiday time anyway. So, uh, I'll save that for the next show because it'll be more relevant then than it is now. But seriously, whoever created the schedule for 2023 hates the sharks. I'm going to call it now. Today he does. Anyway, so, yeah, so, oh my god. This, this, is, this is becoming a trend for season five. We're, we're, end, we're start. We end one episode with the first half of a road trip. We pick up the ne- the second half of the very next one. Oh, I don't know. Right. So, back to back in Canada. Montreal, Toronto. So, first up, Montreal, number 29. And um, we had a little walkout. <laughs> Twice in one month. But, um, Montreal fans. You don't have... Right, I know I've already mentioned it before on, on, the, on the first time with Vegas. I know I gave them a hard time. But Montreal fans, you don't really have the right to walk out in a huff if your team never was really in the hockey game to begin with. Because, oh my God, were, Mo- were the Canadians a hot mess. They literally were. Uh, uh, 4-0 win for the, for the Sharks. A shut-up victory. Now... If this was played in my neck of the woods, so here in England, Capo Cacklin would have been given the Man of the Match award for the Sharks. He literally deserves a medal here with the amount of impressive saves that he made in a game when Montreal, as I've already mentioned it, were a huge hot mess. First up by having no evidence to overturn Matt Nieto's opening goal. Um, and they took a really long, t- long time to decide whether they were going to challenge or not. Right. What I would love to see in the NHL is a shot clock for coaches' challenges. Because you're only supposed to have a certain amount of time for when you're supposed to ch- decide whether or not you're going to challenge a goal. But we, the, but we, the, 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 the fans, we don't see that. You don't get to see that at, at the get if you're at the game or if you're, or if you're watching it at home, wherever you are in the world. You don't really see that. So you can't really judge how much time a coach has got to decide what not to charge. So I think what we need um, going forward, I think what we need in the NHL is we need like a shot clock to um, so that we can know how much time a team has got before um, to charge a goal. Because it was, it was a lot of fucking about. And um, we all knew it was a goal. We knew it was a, the players knew it was a goal. The fans knew it was a goal. And the situation with Toronto knew it was a goal because they came back and said, no, no included evidence. I think that's the second time this season now that the Sharks have had a goal challenged by the opposition and the league, the situation has come back and said, no included evidence, there's nothing, nothing to see, Gov. Waste of time, move on, assess them to party. Ba-boom. But yeah, so... Uh, yeah, but that was a pathetic because it was we was a it was a beautiful goal and we all knew it was a goal. Move on. So there was that. Then there was also towards the end of the game when they were interfering with Tomas Hurtle on his way to the empty net and Montreal, you did yourself no favors there because apparently that was going to result in a goal no matter what. So you did yourself no favor then Montreal you should have just taken the let let Tomas Hurtle skate away. Put it back in the air and you can move on to your next game. 
so you didn't know if I was there. Um, so yeah, and they also, at one point, knocked the net off its moorings when they tried to score a goal. <laughs> that was got sexual. So yeah, so you could tell Montreal was literally just like a hot mess. Um, so it'll be interesting when these two teams next meet. The course, as I'm Montreal, will be one of the teams I am going to be seeing when I am back at the tank in February. So yeah, that is going to be game three for me of seven in total. Five sharks, two back in the set. That'll be game three for me. So it'll be very interesting to see. And I will keep a very close eye out uh, when I'm there. It'll be very interesting to see, you know, if Montreal have become a bit, um, could get a bit more disciplined and they tie up things, or will it be a hot mess there as well? So that'll be very interesting to see. But yeah, they were a complete mess in this one. They really were. Um, and the sharks got a really great win, which we thought was going to start a really great road trip because the next night. Yeah, they kind of had a decent amount of energy left in the tank. And this result really stings because throughout the game, Daze had plenty of opportunities to build on you know, the good work they just did in Montreal 24 hours ago, build a good, good Michael leaderboard points. They weren't sort of retiring, which is what you probably would expect a team on the second half of back-to-back to be on, but no, not really. There was still a lot of energy left in the tank there. Um, but yeah, just couldn't finish off the rebounds, um, as Matt Nier got the lone, the lone goal. Um, although one could argue the little skullduggery the officials did towards the end of that third period maybe gave Toronto a little bit of, um, momentum to help them over the line, what was the dying modes of regulation time, because uh, there were plenty of opportunities where Toronto should have got a penalty, and they didn't. And the one time we get a penalty, kills our momentum. So, uh, yeah, so not a great way to end the road, end the month, I should say, there. But, so, yeah, so memorise those two results, because there might be a test on the next show, because obviously, uh, we next meet, we're going to pick, we're going to pick up, um, the second half of that road trip saw us in Ottawa and Buffalo. So, yeah, so memorise those two results, because there might be a test. It's becoming a bizarre trend. Three episodes of the road this is going to be where we end the episode looking back on the first half of a road trip. We have to pick up the second half literally at the, ne- literally at the next episode. It's like, it's... It's, 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 it's balmy! It's just complete, also balmy. And I'm not sure that the madness is going to end. Oh, dear. Right. Any, anyway, so there we go. That completes um, the month. So our short, so our record for uh, the month of November was 5, 6, and 4. Um, okay, yeah, I think a lot of you probably think, well, but that's not really so great. But it's one of those occasions where if you add together the games where we won, won uh, where we outright won, and the games where we got a shutout or OT lost together, add those two together, that's nine in total. Nine of those nine games where we got points. Then out of losses, but no one sees that. And actually, what's interesting is again, for majority of the month, like the last, like in last month, 
majority of those losses, the Sharks actually weren't in the game. They actually were competitive. They actually were competitive. Um, I mean, well, two things done differently because I changed that. Um, in fact, if I count up real quick, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven of those uh, ten losses. Um, seven of those, easily, the Sharks were actually competitive and were still in the game to the very end. I mean, again, so yeah, so, uh, hmm. I think this is something I'm going to have to keep an eye on for the whole season and see the Sharks, you know, and, and maybe something we'll do for the finale is look at the competitiveness of the Sharks for this season. I think that's what we might have to do because, like last month, there's plenty of those losses where actually, no, they actually were still in the game. They still had a chance to win, but unfortunately, so now all it leaves me to do is pick the high point and the low point. Now for the high point is between two. And it was and it was and they're both on that really great road trip. It's either Dallas or it's Vegas. Well and whilst I am tempted to say Ugh Well I'm tempted to say Dallas, but when is it every now and then that you get, that you, that you can say the high of the month has been a win over Vegas, huh? Or should I pick them both? Because I have done this before across our five. If you've been with us, you've been with us since the very beginning, you will know I have occasionally every now and then with this part gone rogue. Um, so I have done it once before where I have picked multiple games as the highlight. Um. I think for me, because they were both similar, do you know what I'm going to call it? Let's have two. Let's have two. Let's be greedy. Go on, let's ha let's do it. Let's be greedy for this month. Let's ha let's pick two. So, the highlight of the of November is going to be our two big wins to finish off what was a really great road trip. So that is November the eleventh in Dallas, and then November the thirteenth. Sorry, sorry, November the 15th, sorry, in Vegas. Sorry, I forgot that we had the mayor set again to, to bridge those two between. Sorry, so it's November the 11th against Dallas and November the 15th against Vegas. Those are going to be my two highlights for, for the month. Low point. Now, low point is tricky because, again, for seven of those losses, um, for seven of those ten losses, just as a whole, the Sharks were in it. That makes it picking the low point of the, of the month so far has been absolutely tricky to do because for a lot of these days the sharks actually have been been, been competitive, so it makes this part really tricky than it should be. But a bit of me two stick out very very clearly, and they of course are uh, November the, November the seventeenth against Detroit and November the twenty third against the Kraken. Now. Would it be fair for me to pick November the 17th, despite the fact I was on holidays and wasn't really paying attention to that one? But, I think for me, that was the worst one of, of, of the two. I think, so I'm going to have to, even though I wasn't really paying, wasn't around to tune on that one, how it unfolded, I'm actually I'm going to say, November the 17th, that's going to be... The low point for the month. That may not be fair of me to say that because obviously I was on holiday, not really paying 
uh, attention to it, but I'm gonna call that one because I think the cracker one. Well, yeah, the mistakes made in both games, but I think that one is a lot more tight than you probably give credit for. But there you go. So that concludes the look backs for November. And before we go, it's time to take another trip down Teal Lane to look back on another amazing memory across the five years of Tiraport. Alright, it's time to take a stroll back down Teal Lane. And as you can see, I have dressed accordingly for today's um, show. I love this jersey. Okay, I know I, I know we were the hosts in the All-Star Weekend, but I so wish that Team Pacific got to wear these. Because I felt for me, these were better than the black ones. <laughs> I just love this. I love this jersey. Love it. Love it. Love it. Really love it. Absolutely love it. Didn't we get the? Didn't we get it right? It's also so weird because normally throughout my past, right, ever since I've been involved with the NHL back since two thousand and nine, but when I see all star jerseys, I always go. Eh, 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 eh. So it kind and when obviously it was announced that we were going to be hosting the twenty nineteen all star, I was like, oh no, I don't want to have to go because. Whenever your team's hosting an event, you kind of want to have a piece of the souvenir. Because, um, in actual fact, I'll go quick get for you. I do have, um, where is, where is it? I actually do have, um, the 2050, uh, the, the, uh, if I can find it. Got so many now, Give me two seconds. Two seconds. Give me like two. Right, I'm back. I know you can't see it on the um, net, right? I know you won't be able to see it on the podcast, but I do also have the 2015 Stay In Series jersey. So, yeah. So, the point I'm trying to make is whenever your team gets involved in a Ben, you always you always want to have like a piece of the merchandise. You always want to have like a souvenir for it, even if you don't get to attend the event. You kind of always want to have something just to remind you that your team did get to be in this part of them. So I was like, please don't let these be horrible because I don't want to, have to go. Eh, eh, eh. Don't put shark in that. Thankfully, that wasn't the case. <laughs> oh, there we go. There we go. Quick, put it back. Um, yeah. So, oh, apologies if you did, if for those of you um, listening on the pod on the podcast, because obviously if you are, because if you listen to the podcast, you won't you won't have seen that. But um, the link in also be the video version is obviously in the episode description, so you can go and 
watch it. Yeah, so yeah, so you can always wear a piece of memento that I just love these. Right, they're wondering, how does this connect to Tearport? Well, so, obviously with your Star Weekend coming up, we were gonna, we, uh, we're going to include it um, in our show. As a, right, I can't, I can't believe I ever, ever did, did this. My initial plan was, we were going to um, do it as like a special edition of the, what was back then known as Pacific Watch. So our middle section, we were going to devote that, a look at the Pacific Division Day, during the Ulster Weekend, and it dawned on me. Hang on. Wait a minute. No. Your team is hosting the event this year. I know it's your first season and you're still getting used to it. But and how it works over here. But you can't just shove it to a, you know, to a, a, a segment on the middle section of the podcast. No! You've got, you've got to do it justice. And so that's where I thought, right, let's do a whole show on it. It's like a, it's like a bonus show. So, all right, so, this is new territory now. Go, doing bonus episodes. Um, and it just makes sense. And I literally keep looking back on me. Why did I not just come to that conclusion in the bloody first place? I was like, what was I thinking? I mean, let's face it, if we did the original play, it would have been, would have been a very, very, very long Pacific Watch segment, believe you me, it would have been a very long, we would have been here all night. I just, it's just, what was I thinking in the first place? Do a bonus show! So that, of course, is what we did. Um, which, the way, gave us, you know, an even bigger, uh, ooh, okay, here we go. Yeah, right, this is, this is, this is big, this is a big one, okay. Bonus episodes. This is something we've never really done before in podcasting. I was like, is, is this going to muck up production code? No, I've got a good, I've got a good, I know we're about, what, four episodes in now, but I've got a good structure here. Can we not muck it up? But no, but no. Thankfully, when it comes to um, uploading podcasts, you can, um, you can, you know, structure it so that it's, so you can, the number, so whether it's an episode number or so it's a buzz one, you can, you've got an option where it's to say where it's a buzz ball, it's an easter so that was all fine. That was, well, didn't need to remember that. Um, but yeah, so it was really great actually to do that episode because we got, because we covered a lot in, um, and it was really sort of going off the cuff. So there was no sort of episode plan to it. There was no kind of structure to it. Um, basically all we had, to, we really needed to do for that episode was just, you know, cover all the basics. So cover the skills competition, cover all three all-star games, and then, obviously, my thoughts on it. Um, and we packed a lot, we packed a lot in on that special. Um, it's, it's a good 40 mins. Uh, we packed a lot in. Because um, as well as looking back on it, you know, you also uh, got to hear my thoughts on, um, on jerseys. And I even... Now, even now, now this is another behind-the-scenes little tidbit for you. Sorry, now, I know it's in the podcast, you can't see me and see what I'm wearing. But for the 
uh, the, the show, for this, for this special show, I actually was wearing this jersey when I did the recording. Um, but yeah, in fact, going to do something. This literally came like the week before the All Star Weekend. So, because they do like, because for the All Star Weekend, they with jerseys, they don't like to release them, do they? To sustain until like good what fortnight beforehand. You'll get to see what they look like a good few weeks beforehand, yeah, but actually buying them, no, you got to wait like 10 or 12 days beforehand, like... Lizzy! Seriously! Come on, H, uh, you know you bought the moolah. Um, but yeah, so I was very lucky that this actually did arrive, like, the week before uh, the All-Star weekend, so... Hallelujah that. Um, but it was great because that meant I could could watch all the games in it and also, when finally saw sense, record the Burrs episode in it. So that's what I said. So that's a little behind the scenes tip for you there. I, when, we, when we recorded this Burrs episode, I did record it in the jersey because it is absolutely gorgeous. Um, and so is our stadium series jersey. I thought that was quite gorgeous um, too as well. We need to be like, putting more outdoor events. Come on. Pose the Winter Classic. That's next. Or oh, let's give us another Stadium Series game. Come on. Get the Sharks back outdoors. Come on. You can do it, California. You know it, you can. Anaheim's done it. We've done it. Come on. Um, I bet they've done it as a home team. No, I don't think they've done it as a home team. Just as a road team. But, uh, Yeah. So, call the force for the jerseys. Call the force on the game as a whole. Um, even look, even got thoughts on obviously the mascot stuff. Honestly, the the ever since the twenty fifteen All Star Weekend, the mascots have literally just like stole the show with their other bend. They literally um have, and you can on YouTube, and I'm, I think I might actually include a link to that this in the um in the description as well. You can actually watch the whole of the mascots game. From that year on YouTube. I watch it loads of times just to relive our beloved Sharky getting his hat trick. And the at the end, when literally a whole of Team West just literally just pounced on Gunther <laughs> Lovely. All these mascots that no one would hate us. No! Banjo! It's a lovely moment. It's what you can get all Star Weekend. Rest of the year, it's all fight, 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 fight. All Star Weekend. Banzo! Oh, so I'll find out, put it in the description so you can go and watch that back. But, ah, uh, But yeah. Didn't Saki do well? He won MBM. Hey. I mean, I know, I know, I know it's not, it's, it's kind of a measly award because the home team mascot always keeps winning it, but hey. Makes him feel even more special than he already is, but that was great. Um, yeah, so, yeah. So, like I mentioned to you, literally, it recorded during this first episode, it was kind of a off-the-cuff thing. There was no, there was no episode plan. There was, right, so there was no, there was no structure. It was literally, get the mic out, press record, and just go. Just say your thoughts, just do just whatever, whatever's in your head, just lay it all out. Um, so yeah, so, uh, so it's kind of a real off-the-cuff moment here, because so far on the Terror Report podcast, we've literally just been, you know, 
boring structure. So here's the episode plan. We're going to follow it to the letter. And have a really great, great, great see the show. So, for this book, this birth episode, especially since I've never done a birth episode before on our podcast, this literally was kind of like thrown into the lion's den. Because, ah, literally anything could have gone on this and it could have, um, it could have been other place. But actually, you know, once we just got, got started in it, um, it just, it just, but that's the beauty, beauty of, um, in fact, I'll show you a little pop performer secret. Once you get on the, once you start rolling, so whether it's on the stage, whether it's in front of the camera, like I am right now, or it's by the podcast, once you basically just yell, ACTION! You, 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 you just do it. You just, it just works seriously. All that stuff you see beforehand, like the nerves and everything, they just go once we, once we, you just get, go on the way, and it's like, ACTION! Or, three, go. Yeah, it, it, it yeah, so that's, so from, from one before, so this is from me as a performer. Once you get started and actually do it, you, you, you just, you do it, you, you, it, it just works, you, you just work seriously, it's like, ah, it's all coming back to you. But beforehand, you do feel like a bit of like a barrel nurse, because it's like, what if, because the what if it could go wrong, it's very, could happen, but, you know, yeah, so there's a little secret in the, in the, in the trade of performing there, guys. Um, once you start, it's all fine, it works all fine. Um, but of course, this, this, this was very, very scary, because obviously, you don't want to hear me keep stuttering on or stopping and starting or having radio silence. That's the last thing you need. That's what the golden rules. You don't want to have radio silence. Um, silence is your enemy. Um, but it all sort of worked fine, really. Once, once the game we got going with it, it just worked really. And yeah, so we got so yeah, so we thoughts on basically just like the whole weekend as a whole, really. And um, yeah, so we got our thoughts on the skills competition and how that went down. We then did, we then did like each game as if it was like a lot, like if it was like part of the lot back. So, gem, yeah, so generally, right, this is what happened in the, in the, fir, in the first semi, here's how the second semi, then the fire went down. Um, but we basically did, did it like if it was just part of the lot back and just did, did my thoughts on the game, how it was going on, and the overall re- re- result. Um, yeah, it was just, yeah, it was just so. It was just a really, really fun thing to do, and why? Right, the only thing that's gonna really, really um, stick with me is why did I not think this through from the very beginning? Because generally, I kid you not, I had it put down the episode plan for what was gonna be episode four, um, which would be when we would look back on the month of January. Um, and I think I do mention this when uh, going into the, the uh, Pacific Watch for that month. Before we did the, what we actually did was Pacific Watch that month. I did have to look quickly and say, oh, well, I wish it was going to be this and this and that. Um, but no, it really was on down on the episode plan. We're going to look, we're going to look. Perhaps it was going to do a special edition. We're going to look back on what happened at the All-Storm weekend just for Team Pacific. And it dawned on me. No, hang on. No, 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 hang on. Your team's hosting it. Your your team's hosting it this year. I know it's... 
I know it's the very first season of your podcast. You know they've done about what up to this point three episodes, but come on, you can't just do this one time, one little segment for your middle section of your show. You've got to do it properly. You've got to do it justice, haven't you? You've got to do it properly. Even do a YouTube version of it. We did not, because we don't want to have more pressure added onto us there. But it was like, come on, you got to do it. You got, we got to do it properly. You got to do justice. So. Thank the Lord that for that a quick snap of judgment. Thank the Lord that I had a quick snap of judgment and thought, no, hang on, that's not gonna work. Um, it's got we've got to do it properly. It's got to have its own show. So that so of course we did give it its own show, and I'm so thankful we did because obviously I would have been regressing it ever since um, if we didn't do it properly, if we didn't do it justice, it would it would have just been like a major regret of the show. It would have. It just would have bugged me to this day. Um but yeah, so it was real it was real fun to do. It really, really was. Um so it, it was just so lovely to actually talk about, you know, special events that was going on um for us, for not just for our organisation, also for our city as well, because everybody across the whole league, the whole world comes came around. Just absolutely amazing, and um, it was great because it gave me the confidence boost now for any other special events that happens. But for our sharks going forward, whether that would be you know another All Star weekend, because never know, could be maybe give it, give it a few years. Um, if it's another All Star weekend, or if we get given another outdoor go again. Home on road team, don't mind. Just put us back in it. Or, yeah, or if we do any other things like, you know, be part of the Global Series, which of course uh, we were this year. And of course we did do a specialist on that. It just get doing this, it gave me the confidence to go, right, well, whenever the Sharks are involved in a special event, make, the, even the draft, we can even do, even if we get the draft, we can even do that, you know. But whenever the Sharks are put in a special event, do an episode on it. Do a special on it. Do a bonus show on it. Do a bonus on it. Give it the justice it deserves and just talk about it. And just say whatever you say whatever comes to your head and just roll with it. And it works. So we've done so we've done two special shark shows now. Uh, covering sharks events. So obviously in season one, when obviously we hosted the All-Star Weekend in twenty nineteen, and then this season in season five, um, we did this very special episode covering um, the Sharks being involved in the Global Series with the National Predators. Um, and of course, you can listen back to that as well. But yeah, so this sort of first buzz episode, it kind of gave you the confidence to go, right, well, whenever the Sharks are involved in a special event, cover it. Cover it. It's, extra, it's an extra show. You know, it's an extra show. Because it's a seasonal show, so, we're, so we are sort of restricted how many episodes we can do each year. So, extra show for the podcast. Why not? Hey! You know? We we, we always were literally were geeky more, more, more. So, there you go. Extra show. Brilliant. Go for it. Um, Yeah, so, so obviously now, whenever we, the Sharks are, our Sharks, so yeah, so whenever our Sharks are now involved in in any events, whether it's Global Series, All-Star Weekends, Outdoor Games, all the drafts, um, we can do these we can we can now do these car kind of shows. We can do these like bonus shows. We can do these, like, these special shows, and just cover them all and just go with it. Because it's really 
Because it really actually is easy to do, because all you got to do is just get the mic in, hit record, and just say what's on your mind. And it just, it just, you know, absolutely works. Really. Um, yeah. So, and of course, for the special show, get a special cover as well. Yeah. So, the teleport logo comes off. Um, you'll notice it if you, if you have seen it or if you've seen the one for we did on the Rebel series. So, the teleport logo comes off all together, literally, because it gets, because especially with our color logo now, it gets in the way. So, the teleport logo comes off and what you get is a nice image to reflect the event and the event's logo. And that just is all you need to sell it. So, yeah, so... Yeah, so yeah, so oh, yeah, we do make we make we do make the most of the special occasion. We even give we we even give them like a special episode cover. Um, so yeah, so that's so, yeah, so yeah, so we really do like to make the, make the most of it. Whatever these special occasions, you know, they are rare. Whatever they do roll around, we do like to give them the, the special sh the treatment here, special treatment. Yeah, so yeah, so yeah, but it was just such an amazing thing to do. And especially for our first season, because we were only three episodes in. You know, we covered the first half of the twenty of the eighteen nineties. We did the twenty eighteen portion of the eighteen nineties season. We were going into twenty nineteen ready to do the next second half, the twenty nineteen portion of it. So we were, we were only about three episodes in. Um, it was going quite nicely. We were going, we were going to go over and we started to get in the hang of it. And then I thought, right, well, we've got to. It cannot be. It could not be just a simple, here's a special edition of the West or the Pacific Watch on it, and just that halfway team is it. No, we had to do it justice, and I'm so, 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 so glad we did do it justice, because let, let me tell you, if we did not do it justice, if we did not do a burst episode on it, I would be regretting that. That would be one of the big, big regrets about this show, um, if I had any of the show. But that would have been, like, the one big regret of teleport we've been oh why did why did I why did they not why did they not do like a special episode it really would have um yeah but I made the most of it I'm I dressed for the occasion even though you couldn't see me even though you couldn't see because it's a podcast but I did just to give you a little bit of a highlight season, I did literally dress up for the um for the occasion it was just so wonderful and what the, the best thing about it is it now gave the confidence and the springboard needed. So whenever, so whenever we do get given an event, like what we got this year's Global Series, when we do get given an event, we can then do a special episode on it. We can do like a bonus show. We can cover it as a whole and do it justice. And that's what made it brilliant. So yeah. But thank the Lord for that change of that change of heart. Otherwise, this would have been a regret rather than a happy memory. And so, that is it for another amazing edition of the Teleport Podcast. Thank you always for listening, regardless of whether you're a Sharks fan or not, or wherever you are in the world. We always love your hand your company on board. Um, don't forget, you can get in touch with us, dear listeners. You can get in touch with us. Uh, you can send us your thoughts on the season going. Uh, if you've got any questions, card prize will last. We're going to a good go. And if you've got any suggestions for future um, installment of our YouTube series to put bids, send that in and we can consider it. Um, 
yes, we're always welcome to that. So you can get in touch with us by our official email address. It is tourportpodcast at gmail.com. I'll give you that again. It's tourportpodcast at gmail.com. We're always giving out the mailbag. And if we get any messages, we could be reading them out on the show. So if that's not an incentive to get involved and get in touch, I don't know what is. <laughs> and as always, you can listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Don't know where to find us by now? Well, don't worry. You can visit our webpage at anchor.fm to find out where we're distributed. It's anchor.fm forward slash teleport. I'll give you that one more time. Just so you've got it definitely memorised and jotted down. It's anchor.fm forward slash teleport. That is our webpage on anchor.fm. That's where you can find out where we are distributed. And you can also listen to our episodes there as well. Yeah, you can. Oh, well, all that's left me to say is, until the next time, and so I'll leave you now. Thank you so much, my first Sharks fans, for joining us for another edition of the Chillport Podcast. Don't forget, you can listen and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. And we would love to hear from you. If you want to send us in your thoughts, questions, or suggestions for future Chillport bids, you can email us at chillportpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And who knows, we might read your, your email out on the show. And don't forget, you can catch all the latest to report bids by subscribing to my official Drawtime YouTube channel. And don't forget, if you want to find out where we are distributed, head to our webpage at anchor.fm forward slash report to find out where you can listen to us. Until next time, and so I'll leave you now. <laughs>